everybody, it's Corey Poirier, and excited to be back with the latest episode of the show, and actually excited as well to have a brand new guest. As our listeners know, I love having first-time guests on the show and introducing them to our audience and listeners. Uh, so Joyce Blue, really excited to have you here today, and I think probably the best starting point would be to get you to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and or your journey, uh, especially those that may be discovering you for the very first time today. Okay. Um, well, my, <laughs> I was the baby of three older brothers. I was born on my brother's 14th birthday. So we have a really great relationship. When I was nine years old, my uh, parents asked me what I wanted for Christmas. And they had asked me this, you know, multiple times before I had given them the same answer, but they, I, they asked me and I told them that I wanted a horse. And so um, I got the horse. Actually, I was very excited and then found out that I got to go to work in trade for my horse's board and my riding lessons. So. (laughs) That's a deal that you didn't know. You didn't really know. You weren't let in on that beforehand, eh? (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. That wasn't something I was privy privileged privy to before um, I got it, but it really turned out to be a fantastic thing in my life. Um, So I got to work with the public because I worked at the riding club where my horse was and where my lessons were at. And um, I really learned to love people and helping people and Everything I've ever done in my life um, has been customer service in some way. Um, I used to be very fearless. And um, then, you know, life happens and you grow up and a couple bad relationships and things that happened in my life. And I really became kind of... um, Hiding in plain sight, I guess, as my husband would say. Um, And so I always was into personal uh, development. And a couple of years ago, started with mindset. And for me, that was the key piece that not, it's much more well known now, but not everybody talks about. And that was kind of like the missing thing, you know, the secret. And I know you're a big fan of the secret. And so the secret really didn't divulge everything. Action was one of them, as you mentioned in your book, and I've heard you talk about before, but I'm huge on if you don't take action, nothing's going to happen. You can, you know, sit there and meditate and pray all day and you're not going to get anywhere if you don't take action. So I am now an empowerment coach. And so part of my passion and purpose is to empower others to be able to achieve where they want to go or get unstuck with whatever that is that's holding them up. So. Wow. So a few directions I'd like to go from there, but one of the big ones is on the coaching side. I guess what 
because, and I know you talked about some of it just in your story, but I just, I thought I'd sort of ask you, uh, you know, more directly, what drew you into coaching? Like why, and I know you said about helping people, but why coaching? Why that route? Because of course there's lots of ways to help people. So I'm curious what drew you to coaching. Right. Well, partly because I wanted to be able to have that direct contact with people um, and to be able to really get them beyond, um, you know, what, and it's easier to do that when you're on a, in a one-on-one or a small group kind of a situation than just, you know, as like some of the things I've done in the past, store manager, I've worked with special needs kids for 20 years. And, you know, those are all things that are so very rewarding, but I really recently, um, you know, like I said, last couple of years had to take a, a really hard look at what I wanted to do to make more of an impact. And speaking, as we've kind of talked about before, is kind of on my radar now as well. Not something I ever in a million years dreamed that I would want to do. Um, but yeah, now to me, that's that's just a way to get your voice out there, so. So, and I guess then the other side on coaching, so what, uh, I mean, when you work with clients, because, you know, I know people can work in different areas of coaching, so do you work with a certain audience, and I say that, I mean, like, do you work with, for example, business owners, do you work with females, do you work, like, because I hear so many different coaching sort of niches, so I'm curious if you have one or or approach you take. I kind of do now. I find that most of the the clients that I had initially were women. And so now I say I work with hardworking women that want an edge. Because, yeah, not everybody comes to someone because of, you know, mindset is more well widely known now. Um, John Asraf, David Baer. You know, there's a lot of people now that are out there talking about mindset, but it's not something that I find people are actively seeking out somebody to help them with their mindset, you know, so. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess, um, so I guess the other thing is in terms of mindset and, and some of the people you mentioned, who, I guess, sort of uh, inspires you? And, and, you know, when you mention some of those names, are, are those some of the people that inspire you within the industry? And, uh, you know, I, I know I recognize, you know, for example, John Asraf, I'm, I'm on his email list and I see a lot yeah. of his great work. So who, I guess, sort of um, brings you up, inspires you, reminds you of what you're doing, you know, has a big value and all that kind of stuff. I, I, right. I have clients, of course. <laughs> right. Well, I did initially get introduced to John Asraf um, with the whole, the mindset stuff. I can't remember how he came on my radar, but I just, like I said, I became really fascinated with the brain and how it works and, um, you know, our limiting beliefs and the stories that we tell ourselves and all that, you know, talk that goes on in our head. Um, and really started got into some of his programs and just became a sponge um of john you know it was like i was yeah all about that um and 
recently, as I mentioned also David Bear, um, he came on my radar in December and I'm now in a mentoring program of his. I think that's really important that coaches have coaches and that we all have meant everybody needs a mentor. And so that's, yeah, something. So those, are, that, those are a couple of them, the people. Yeah. That, uh, and so it's interesting because you mentioned John Asaraf and I don't know if you recall this, but he was actually in the secret in the movie. Yes, he was. And then he and wrote a book called the answer. Yeah. Which I thought was yeah. brilliant. And actually, uh, he actually kind of wrote the answer as the answer to the secret. Anyway, that's a, it's sort of a side note. Uh, before yes. you were mentioning T. Harv Ecker as well? Yeah. Well, T. Harv was in the, the secret as well. And yeah, a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. We've and, had, you uh, know, I love, we have the old, the, you know, Jim Rohns and the Zig Ziglar's and all those original personal development people. So... Yeah, it's uh, we've so we've had Harv on the show in the past, and John Demartini, who was in The Secret, and uh, Jack Canfield, who was in The Secret. So we, yeah. I think but we haven't had John Asaraf on the show yet. So maybe we'll have to make that happen. Uh, <laughs> so saying that, uh, I guess then you know when you talk about that sort of some of the people that you look to at, for inspiration, do you have a favorite book or two? that you read, that you kind of, it changed your life. And I'm not sure if you're a re book reader, not everybody has to be, uh, but if you are, do you have a book or two that you usually say, this is the book people should check out? Yeah, when I was young, one of the first books I read was How to Win Friends and Influence People. And I love that book. And um, when I first started reading it, it was totally, the title was not what I thought it was gonna be about, you know, um, but, People and relationships and stuff are, are things that are very important to me. Um, we have a new um, networking group here in Boise. Uh, Boise's very big on networking. And it's all about relationships and, you know, getting to know each other and being able to refer because you like that person, not just because they're in your group. And I think that's so important. You know, because trust um, is, a, is huge. And in this age, as you mentioned in your book as well, I loved it, by the way, because everything I read, I was like, I just totally agreed with, like, well, so <laughs> we're so much on the same page. It was funny. I didn't realize that until I actually read your book. But oh, thank you. Um, we're in a society where there's so much information out there. and people don't really know who to believe or who to trust or who to turn to or what to listen to. Um, we're all kind of on information overload. So it's important to find those people that you connect with and follow them. And, and even if they're not a direct mentor, try to absorb, you know, what they have to offer and, have them be a mentor to you in, in that form. Yeah, and, and you know, I love that. And I talk as well, Joyce, about the fact that when people say, okay, well, what should I listen to? Or how do I get my content? Let's say, call it content, wisdom, knowledge. I'll, I'll stay away from the information side because, you know, that's the, <laughs> that's the part I use to define all the backlog of stuff we get hit with. And, and, and also it adds into the word misinformation. But, right. I, you know, when, when people say to me, what, what should I do then? I always say, look for your sources. And so your sources can be 
TED Talks. They can be podcasts. They can be uh, books. But right. we, we should never forget that your sources can be people. That, and not just people that you admire from afar, like a Dale Carnegie who's been passed away since the 50s, I think. But it right. can be somebody in your mastermind group or your networking group. And those can be your sources of information. If they've fallen down all the manholes you don't want to fall <laughs> down, why not get it directly from them? And they probably will get rid of all the, for lack of a better term, crap <laughs> that you <laughs> to learn rather than you trying to learn it through uh, Facebook feed, for example. Right. Or, oh, yeah. So I, I love that idea of leveraging people rather than just always focusing on content. Right. So connection, you know, maybe I should use that terminology, connections rather than content. You know, right. in terms of how you get your insight. And I just was interviewing yes. somebody the other day and he said, I don't care about contacts at all. I care about connections. And yes. so it, it was really spoke to me because we always hear people saying, you need to network to get more contacts. But I like how he said, I'm not concerned about having like what I, I took from it is he's not concerned about having a big Rolodex on the table. If he doesn't have any true connections with any of them, much That's right. of having uh, thousands on your connected with a thousand people, thousands of people on LinkedIn, but you only know three of them. You know, right. what value is that to any of the people involved? Right. Well, and I've started to where if somebody sends me a Facebook request, even though we may have mutual friends, I'll send them a thing and say, hey, you know, can we jump on video chat for, you know, 10 minutes or whatever so I can get to know you a little bit? Well, and, so. and it's interesting when you say that, too, because one of the things I've done talking about connections is I've made an effort for the people that I don't know on Facebook. There's been no interaction that I was connected with. Basically, I went out to them and said, hey, you know, it's my goal to know each person that I'm connected with on Facebook. I didn't pay as much attention before, but now I am. Here's me and I'll tell and I'll go even into personal, like have a, a child and my girlfriend and our fur babies and all that stuff. And I'll say, now, how about you? And the people that either never reply or what have you, I just kind of eventually say, okay, well, I'm at, I'm at my maximum in Facebook personal. So maybe it's time I weed out a few of those that don't reply. That's how I've started to weed people out. Right. I would say, you know, if there's, if there's 5,000 now, I know 3,500, let's say. And right. I'm slowly getting through the last 1,500. But because I'm at the max, you have to eventually start saying, okay, well, if this person isn't even going to reply, then this isn't the right person to be on here. And I'm slowly getting it to so that I know every person on there and I won't quit until I do. And my goal is by the end of 2018, if it's still going to be full at my max, at least they're all going to be people I've had some sort of interaction with. Right. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. Well, maybe Facebook is, has pushed me into it because they said you have a max and <laughs> my is max. And I'm like, uh-oh. And it wasn't me. I wouldn't go out and start just adding people. It, what would happen is, you know, all these little things that you do, like if I write a column for Entrepreneur Magazine, and then they have your link to Facebook, and that's your personal one, then I have 50 people, not 50, probably 30 people right after the article comes out adding me. So right. people add you right away. And from their perspective, they have a connection because they read your article or what have you. But out of those 30, 25 may have read it. The other 25 come from nowhere. You don't know where they came from. <laughs> And you don't actually know any of them. So anyway, I've made it a conscious effort to do exactly what you're saying, build connections. So. Yeah, I think that's so important because there's so many relationships in our life and people don't even like finances in our life is a relationship. And that's something that I've coached a lot of people on just getting out of the debt cycle. And I'm, I'm writing a book and the first four chapters in the book are either beliefs or have to do with your mindset and you know how to reframe those things. I don't even get into the actual what you need to do 
until later on in the chapters because those first things are so important for you know people to get and grasp and start to change you know our first the first step in change is, is aware of anything is awareness because people don't know what they don't know right and then once once you realize or become aware of that thing that it is that you need to change or tweak or whatever then that's the first step in actually starting to make that change happen yeah, I love that. And, and in fact, I used to get pushback early on when I would do workshops, let's say, on cust creating customer experiences. And I would start in on mindset. And I would have spend like, I'd be an hour in and I haven't even talked about the strategies. So the strategy, I have five steps that I've learned world-class customer service providers do that they all have in common. And I don't even have, you know, I'm an hour in and people, and I'll, I would actually have people raise their hand and say, when are we going to get to the meat? When are we going to get to, and I would say, well, here's the thing. Do you have anybody within your organization, and I would be blunt about it, that you know doesn't really care about the customer, or even if they do, they're always kind of unhappy, or they come in and they drag stuff from outside work, and people say, well, of course, you always have that, et cetera, et cetera. And I, and I would say, well, maybe it's not you, but the truth is we're never going to improve the system if we don't get to the mindset of the people that don't believe in customer service in the first place. Yeah. Like if, they, if that person, you can never, if that person's root core belief is I show up and get a paycheck. That person will never be able to, no matter how many strategies I give them, never be able to deliver a standing ovation level customer experience until they change their mindset about customer experiences. It can't happen. So like you just said, I, I believe the importance of starting at the root, but most people don't. You know, you buy a book and mostly it starts into, maybe it has a chapter, you know, on a preamble about here's where I learned this stuff and then it jumps into strategy. But right. I think mindset's where everything begins. Yeah. You know, it's 80 to 90% of your game, no matter what it is that you're doing or trying to do. So if you don't have that piece right, you can bowl your way through it, but it's a lot harder. And so, yeah, it's, it's so, so important. So Joyce, as we start winding down, and there's never enough time with these short interviews, I'll call it a to be continued with your permission because then we can maybe, now that we're getting to know you, we can maybe bring you back on and dive more into the coaching side and sure. how you work with clients and some of the common challenges you see. But I always like to ask every guest three questions. And you know, these questions are still, I think the answers to these are still valuable to those same people that want coaching or in coaching. And so my very first one of those questions is about the word passion. So our show for years has been called Conversations with Passion. And mm -hmm. I've noticed recently, I always tell people this, that I've seen a pushback on the word. People saying, I'm tired of hearing about people following their passion. And because it's such a common thing we talk about now, it's become almost like, um, uh, you know, uh, just a habitual thing. And so our show is called Conversations with Passion. So you know probably where I stand. But I'd love to get your thoughts on, do you think it's important or what are your thoughts around the idea of passion? And if you think it's important for a person to uncover you know, their calling or whatever that might be, why do you think that's important? Um, it is super important. And I wish I would have followed that um, more when I was younger. In a way I did because my passion is people and I've always worked in some form where I could have an impact on people. Um, but when you follow your passion, even if it's as a side hustle or gig or 
um, hobby, let's say, it keeps you alive as a person. When you have a reason to get up in the morning and to get out of bed, other than to just pay the bills, it makes such a huge difference in your energy and how you see the world and how you function within the world. Uh, like you were talking about the, the people who are in customer service that don't like customer service. I went into the doctor's office the other day. Um, I had had surgery on my shoulder in December. And so I've seen this one receptionist quite a bit. And I had to go over to the physical therapy area. And uh, the, uh, the two offices are connected in, in the back half. And so the PA came over for the doctor and let us know he was ready. And he actually came over and talked to me in the PT area. But I told him, I said, you know, I don't know her name, but she either get a better attitude or a different job because you could tell she was just miserable. And he kind of looked at me and <laughs> I said, you know, sorry, it's just from coming here for three months now on a consistent basis to this one facility. Um, she, you know, so I don't know what's going on with her, but you know what, people need to be really aware of how the, the energy that they're putting out there. I don't want to get too woo, uh, but it really, I didn't believe it a few years ago, but I certainly believe it now. It just does make such a huge difference into what comes back to you in your, in your life. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so Joyce, my, la uh, my last two questions, I'm going to combine them together. Uh, the okay. first one is, uh, first part of the question is, if you could, this is my favorite question, by the way, if you could get in a time machine and go back and give your younger self, 20 years younger, let's say, or you can pick the timeline because you know when you struggled most, uh, but you could give her one piece of life advice based on what you've learned in the years since, what do you think you might tell her? And the second question, very easy, is just how can we connect with you and learn more? Okay. Um, well, I would tell her that the stress is not worth it. So everything in our lives works out. And I got to a point in my life, which I'm, I know you will be able to relate to because I know your story, uh, but the anxiety and the stress uh, is just not worth it. You know, stay in a good frame of mind and just know that you will get through your struggles and that everything will be okay. And and then yeah. how, about, how can we learn more? Like if somebody wants to connect with you further after this interview, where would you normally direct them? Great. So um, they can reach out to me via email, which is Joyce at Empowering U-L-E-C, which stands for Life Enhancement Coaching. Um, I also have uh, Instagram, which is Empowering U-L-E-C or I have a Facebook page as well, which is the same extension, Empowering You, LEC. And with the website, uh, with the email, is that a .com? Just so I know. It, I'm sorry. Yes, it is. It, 
empoweringulec.com. Okay. I just want to make sure because I know I'll get that question if I don't ask. So yes, yes, it is .com. Awesome. Well, Joyce Blue, this has been an absolute pleasure. Like I said, with your permission, I'll call it a to be continued and let's look to bring you back on for part two. That would be fine. Thank you, Corey, so much. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.